We are back. We got Wolfgang here with us. Find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye. Two months away from the start of college football season. College basketball a little bit further away, but we're coming up to a big evaluation period in college hoops. Wolfgang, the July period, and of course the the apple of every Hawkeye fan's eye on the basketball scene is DJ Carton, the four-star, maybe five-star, depending on the service you're looking at, guard from over in Bettendorf. So where are you sitting right now? He's going to take official visits to Michigan, to Indiana coming up. John Beeline is still there. And, of course, Archie is not going anywhere at Indiana. So where are you sitting today here on June 25th with your boy DJ Carton? Well, I told you, like, I'm an off-and-on message board guy. You know, I get into it for like a month, and then I'm off for like, 74 years, because I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? And nothing against this people, but it's just, sometimes it gets a little too much to me. You know, it just, it wears me out. Nothing nothing against people that are hardcore on either side. Love those people. They are my people. Mm-hmm. I love talking to them, but it's just, sometimes it's just too much negativity, and I can't stand it. And a lot of times it's just fans of opposing teams that are posing as Hawkeye fans. You know what I mean? It's just like, sometimes I can't stand that, so... I mean, if you're a true Hawkeye fan, I'm looking you eye to eye, and you, you have a problem with the program, I'm cool. But if I don't know your actual Hawkeye fan, and you look at your past history, and you, you crack on the Hawkeyes every time, and then you find out, oh, they're actually from uh, the Gopher side or whatever. Um, DJ Carden, point guard, Bettendorf, stud, pretty much top 30 player by everybody, Trent, is that right? Yeah, yeah, top 30 pretty much across the board, you got it. Borderline, McDonald's All-American, um, stud. Mm-hmm. we've struggled with point guards for the people that are listening and the wives that are listening and the husbands are listening that are not sports fans and your wife is driving and you, the husband is not a sports fan. I'll reverse it this time. <laughs> um, DJ Carton, step point guard out of Bet North, going into his senior year. Stud. Top 30 player. We'll see. If, will he go to Iowa? Okay. This is Fran's legacy. Keeping the in-state guys in-state. That's what Tom Davis couldn't do. Went to Kansas, Rafe LaFriend mm-hmm. and Heinrich and Collison and all these guys. At some point, man, when somebody's out working you for the in-state talent, you're screwed. I don't think anybody's out working for him for this guy. If he loses this guy, it's because that guy had stars in his eyes and he saw something that wasn't happening at Iowa. So this may be a double whammy, Trent, mm-hmm. with not only did last year suck, it ruined it for D.J. Carton and getting that guy. I have a feeling if the season went last year how it was supposed to go, we got him. Do you agree with that or no? If Am I saying for sure? I'm not saying for sure. But I'm saying last year was such a disappointment. Yeah. And Hawkeye basketball fans are so down. So down right now. And that bleeds through the state. You know this. We're a small state. Good people. People talk whether you're at the coffee place or you're you're on the lake and the boat at the beach or the whatever. It bleeds. And that, I mean, we don't have what you know L.A. has or New York or whatever. You know what I mean? We don't have that stuff. So it bleeds. And people, when you read the message boards and stuff like that, and you just see the, the down, how down people are right now about Hawkeye basketball, and I understand it. We should be down right now, Trent. But there is opportunity. If we get D.J. Carton with what we already have, the McCaffrey boys coming in, McCaffrey point guard, McCaffrey, let's say, top 75 recruit. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yep. Weisskamp, top what? 50. 50? Yep. Okay. Bring in DJ Carton. Let's say top 30. 
Foster, what? Top fifty? The uh, top twenty-five. You're you're saying that? Okay. Yeah. At worst, top fifty. Let's say. That. Yeah. Um. So let's yeah, top twenty-five. That makes it even better. My uh, argument. Um. Nunji Garza. Dude, we got something. We really have something here, and this guy is the key to the rest of the Iowa recruits falling in line. I believe. Because once he says, nah, I'm gone to Michigan, no, dude, you don't leave the state of Iowa to go to Michigan. You just don't. And I understand that coach is great, but he's also 111. He's four years older than Freya McCaffrey. Yeah, but there's a little bit of difference in their, um, I would say, in their um, liveliness. <laughs> there's a lot of difference. I, sure, there's also, there's also a pretty big difference in terms of accomplishment, too. Yeah, I mean, you want to play that game, Wolfgang. I mean, I can't just let you sit here be Hawkeye fanboy. I mean, you, Where was I going Hawkeye fanboy on that? Well, you said... I said if he doesn't get this guy, I mean, there could be a bad drop here. I'm not, I'm not going to let you just call out John Beeline because he's four years older than Fray McCaffrey. I mean, come on. Well, um, why do you think um, Kirk Ferris started working out and he's looking like a chiseled guy that's like... 15 years younger than he actually is. Why do you think that is? Why? Why do you think it's agent? And he he's already talked about this, like stuff that he went out and he, he talked to people and they said this and that. I'm guaranteeing you they said, get in shape. Because you, if you're old, you don't want to look old. He don't look old. Kirk Ferris, don't look old. He's chiseled. Look at his arms. Everything I, every, every single time we see him on the sideline, Tiff's like, look at him. He said, work it out. And I'm like, look at me. I've gained 30 pounds. So you're if saying, you're an old coach. You're saying you're John Beeline isn't ch- chiseled, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I haven't seen him at the Y. He's fine. He, he's I, in the sauna. I haven't seen I haven't seen Beeline in the shower, and nor would I want to. But I'm saying, okay, this is the question. I think this is a good question. Had the Hawkeyes performed up to expectation uh-huh. last year? And let me ask you real quick. What were expectations last year? NCAA tournament. people. NCAA okay. tournament. Okay. Just Let's be in. NCAA tournament and a first-round loss. Fair sure, enough. sure. I agree. I totally agree with you. Let's say they would have done that. Positivity, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Positivity. Bleeding out of the state. We're a close-knit state. People know people. Um, I believe, truly, that he would be committed by now. Do you agree? I think D.J. Carton of Bendorf, the top 30, top 25 point guard, potentially, you know, McDonald's All-American, would be committed to Iowa right now. Will he commit to Iowa? There's still a chance. Mm-hmm. There really is a chance. And, and McCaffrey's going after him. And if, if D.J. Carton decides to come to Iowa, look out. I'm, I am serious. This guy is as important as Woody was, Adam Woodbury, and Gazelle were back in the day when we had nothing to sell, Trent. Mm-hmm. I'll love those guys forever. I don't care if Woody couldn't jump over like, you know, a banana. I don't care. I don't care. That guy gave us something when he was a top 50 recruit, when he could have gone with Roy Williams at North Carolina, and Woody said no. And we made fun of him his entire career. What a bunch of jerks we are. Seriously. Love that kid. But that was, you understand my question? If DJ Carton would have seen last year us in the NCAA tournament, would he have, we would have what percentage chance at getting him versus what we have now? Oh, it certainly increases, and I, I think pretty substantial. I think that's a good thought because there is an air of negativity around the program right now and, and questions about 
how quickly they can get this thing turned around, even with the Wies camp coming in, even with the guys that they have and the guys into the future, that still remains a question mark. And I completely understand it. I completely get it. You know, one thing I, I do wonder about, so he's going to be taking his visits this week, first to Michigan. I think that starts on Wednesday. And then mm-hmm. over the weekend, he makes his way to Bloomington to go to Indiana. Will A, could that be enough for him just to, you know what, before we even get to the July period, I just want to end this, and he makes a commitment. That's certainly bad news. Don't want to see that. Or if that does happen, if this could be bad news, because he's still got three official visits left, and he takes them in June to Michigan and Indiana. Well, after the July evaluation period and gets into the school year, and i got to finish up my visits, those are so far in the rearview mirror. Is it better that he's taking these two visits for Iowa, better for Iowa, that he's taking the Michigan and Indiana visits now, or is it worse for the Hawkeyes? Where, where do Hell you look yeah. at it? Oh, it's, I, I, I didn't hear what you said. It's so much better that he's taking them now. If he gets to come to a Hawkeye game, Hawkeye football game, and sit in the student section uh-huh. and see what that's like, you know, I, versus going to Indiana where they don't have a football program, <laughs> Michigan is something different. I'm, but he's here I be in June. About, yeah, he's going. Should I be worried about Indiana? I'm not. Is that weird? Uh, yeah, I think a little bit. You think it's weird? It is, yeah. They just got I mean, Romeo Langford coming in. There's a lot of buzz with that program. Okay. You're educating me here. Yeah. Michigan, I'm scared of. Just as an old guy that respects their coach. I freaking love that guy. And mm-hmm. I said that years and years and years ago, before he was, now everybody says that about him. So now I want to, like, screw him and throw him to the curb because everybody's saying that about him now. I don't even want to say that anymore. The dude is a stud. He is. He's an absolute stud. But you don't lose an Iowa in-state guy that's right there by Iowa City to Michigan in basketball. Maybe football. Okay. I get that, Oliver. Kind of get it. All right, I get it. The coach jumped in with his clothes on in a pool. He's a doofus. <laughs> and you made the wrong choice. Okay. That, that let's, let's take those away. Mention the a big evaluation period coming up here starting next week. And we've talked about he tried out for Team USA, coached by Bill Self. Bill Self makes a phone call. DJ, we have a spot for you. Or North Carolina, Roy Boy makes that phone call. DJ, we're looking for a point guard. You, We want you to be our point guard in this class. Come on down to Carolina. How much does that change then your concern? Okay, so if you read the article... I don't know if you can find out where that. I feel like I'm using all their stuff and not giving them credit. Was it Quad City Times? I think it was. Um, they had quotes from him, and he sounded. You know, he basically said, "This is my. These are my six teams, and but this isn't my last six, or something like that." So basically, it's what his I top got from six. It, yeah, it's his top six, not his final six. There is a yeah, difference. Top, excuse me. What did I say? I, if I said that, yep. Right, nope. Yep, yep, so I, I totally understand that. So with new information, with new offers, you have to bring that in and think about it. I get that. Mm-hmm. That's being a smart kid. I was on the message boards, and some people were saying, doesn't seem very smart to me. Doesn't... No, that's what you should do. I, I totally disagree with those people. I'm like, seems, they were like, seems immature. I'm like, no, if the, big, if the blue bloods come, yeah, I will open it up and listen to them and think about it. That's fair. I have no problem with that. If Duke comes, if North Carolina comes, 
Kansas comes, who he's met the coach, D.J. Gordon from Ben North Point Guard, Step Point Guard, I get that. I totally get that. I have no problem with that. But at some point, and I appreciate that he's going to make his decision before the basketball season, mm-hmm. because if he decides against Iowa, thank you. We have a chance to go out and not ruin our program. Thank you for doing that, DJ Cardi. If you decide to come to Iowa, you got some studs behind, like that are ahead of you. You got you, and you can help recruit other guys and do something that nobody's nobody at Iowa's ever done. Trent, that would be fun, and we'll see. It looked like he had stars in his eyes, and I'm just reading the article. It sounds stupid, and then I read message boards. I don't know if that's true. Is he one of those guys that is going to, if he gets a Kansas offer, go, boop, yep, I'm there? It wouldn't surprise me. Reading the article, it sounds like it, and I don't mm-hmm. know him, Trent. Yeah, I don't I don't either. Um, I talked a little bit. I uh, had Patrick McCaffrey on podcast a couple weeks back about that. Patrick uh, teamed with him, and, and they've obviously know each other very well from AU basketball, but when they were at the NBA Top 100 camp, uh, they actually roomed together. For whatever reason, Patrick oh. McCaffrey's roommate didn't show up, and who decided just to to move into his room? DJ Carton. That's a good oh thing. Oh my God, that is! I did not know that. Yes, yes. Go, go, give it a listen. The Hawkeye Heaven podcast. That out. I will retweet that. Everybody yeah. will retweet that. Go. So, t- so that is actually coming from Patrick. Yes, from from his mouth. All to right, God's I have ears. a hot spot. I'm going to retweet that out, Trent. Seriously, John will. Everybody will. That's yeah. great info. I have not heard that. If that's out there, I'm sorry. I haven't heard it. Yes. That's awesome. He uh, he talked about that with us. So very good podcast, Hawkeye Heaven. I think a couple episodes back he was out in oh, Virginia gosh. at that camp. And DJ was hanging right there with him, which is a good thing. And and he's doing his best or, to Or recruit. it could be Harrison Barnes and, and McDermott. Then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're good buds. You know, they come over on and eat grill out. And, All right, see you, Coach. I'm heading to North Carolina. I'm going to go into the NBA and never be seen again. Well, I mean, he won an what? NBA title. That's pretty good. Where's he now, Trent? He's in Dallas. The Cash, wives and the ca- husbands are lit. Cash so and the dead checks. The, <laughs> the husbands in the passenger seat that don't know sports are listening right now. It's a new world, okay? It's a new world. The wives are now sports fans, okay? The husbands are sitting over there in the passenger seat. They have no idea what you're talking about. Harrison Barnes, where is he? I don't even know. He is in oh, Dallas making $24 million dollars a year. Good for you. Good for you. It's all about money with you, isn't it, Trent? Wow, $24 million, Hard to say no to, right? You okay with $12 million and winning championships and being remembered? Yeah. Nobody remembers him in Dallas. Nobody even knows. Nobody in Iowa even knows where he is. I'm an NBA fan. I forgot. I knew it was Dallas. If you give me a multiple-choice question or at least 10 seconds to think, I would have remembered. No. Do you want to be remembered or do you want to make $24 million? I get it. I got my oh, title. I'll another... take my $24 million. Thank you very much. I got a topic for you. Yeah. It's, we're going to be in the depths of the summer. I'm going to write this down, but we got a uh, we got a topic that I just thought of, and I think I know where you might. And I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure where you might land on that one. I can be a little difficult. You never know where things are going to go. All right, so we got basketball recruiting. Uh, speaking of that, so for a while it seemed like all right, I was all in on DJ Carton to be the point guard in this class. If not him, mm-hmm. then it was going to be Tyrell Terry from up in Minnesota. Will Terry? couple weeks back he commits to Stanford you know options are starting to to fill up and another one of those guys that was further down the list at the point guard position from right here in Des Moines Tyreek LaCour he committed over the weekend did you see this Wolfgang okay I was 
I told you, I'm up in Clear Lake. I had no Wi-Fi for yeah. 10 days. I got Wi-Fi now, so I'm catching up. No, I did not. He has committed to the University of South Alabama. USA, USA. In the Sun Belt. <laughs> I've been to Alabama, actually. Yeah? They're not rednecks. I had fun there. <laughs> good, good. No, they're not. A lot of people bash like those people. I went, like, I've been to a football game in, in Tuscaloosa. To say there aren't any rednecks around there is wrong. Well, I mean, I didn't talk there, about There's a people. reason that they call, uh, what is it, Mobile and down on the Gulf there, the Redneck Riviera. Come on, Wolfgang. Uh, well, stereotypes are there for a reason. Right, right. <laughs> to say there yeah. are any. But he's committed there. Now, I don't think that would change things, right? He obviously has not signed. This is just a verbal commitment. Can't sign until November. But if we do get to September and DJ Carton announces that he's going wherever, not Iowa, and they're down their list and they say to Tyreek LaCour, I certainly think that changes things. But there's some kids when they make a commitment, it's over. It doesn't matter what other offer comes their way. I'm committed. I'm staying here. Just another domino that you you have to keep your eye on. Tyreek LaCour, and, and I'm yeah. very happy that he's at least got a spot on the bus, that he's got a D1 program, he's good to go. I'm happy for him to see that. Yeah, but not necessarily. I don't like that, committing, and then I'm not down with that, really. What is that weird? I mean, it's a new age. I understand that. I mean, Kirk doesn't like guys that go, I'm committed, and then <laughs> Kirk's done with him. But yeah, right, he goes right. and takes North Dakota State guys. Yeah. So what's the difference? Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean what, he got Brandon Myers because a kid from Miami decided that, you know what, I'm going to stay close to home. And he flips the day of signing day, Brandon Myers, who goes on to have a decade-long NFL career. It goes both ways. So it's a little weird. We don't like guys that flip. Oh, oh you're thinking about it? Okay, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we like to get guys from other programs that flip. Is that interesting? It's worked. So I'm not a, you know, I don't know the brain like Kirk obviously does, but it's weird that we don't like guys that are thinking about flipping, but we'll take guys that flip. Is that interesting? Very interesting. (laughs) Don't you think? Talking out of both sides of your mouth is what that is, and that's okay. We all do. Yes, yes, that is very true. We all do. Wolfgang, one final thing. So, uh, well, we talked Harrison Barnes there and his money. We know the guy at the top of the league, LeBron James, is going to be getting paid this summer. So earlier today, a uh, report comes out that LeBron James doesn't want elaborate recruiting pitches. He doesn't want to go through the whole pomp and circumstance of things. We know what this is, right? I mean, it's, it's two options available to him. It, that's what it sounds like. It's either the Lakers or Cleveland, and that's it. Is that fair? That, that's how I see it. I, I don't think you're wrong. I yeah, I would say that. Um, but he's not. Why go to the Lakers? God, I hate the Lakers. It would be so hard for me to root for the Lakers. I can't stand them, dude. I grew up a Larry Bird fan. Oh yeah, fan, yeah. But I grew to love Magic. Is that weird? So Magic and Bird fans actually love each other. Is that weird? It's a little weird. Yeah. But you know that, right? Yeah, Growing up absolutely. a little bit, yep. And knowing the history, I mean, you were probably really young, but I mean, we actually do. Like we. Bird fans respect magic, you know, and vice versa. It just it works that way. I'm not sure why it works that way. I'm I'm not sure it's worked that way ever. But with LeBron, I don't I, I don't not sure I want them to see him in, with the Lakers. But they are such crazy fans. But they love Kobe so much. They love that, you know. 
And when Kobe came out and said, uh, did you read that article? What a, what a pompous. I didn't know. Uh, what did he say? Something about, you know, he wrote, like, what, what's his thing on ESPN? I have, have to pay I, for. I have no idea. Something about like, never seen it. Never like, watched it. Never, have no I desire. Either. I haven't either. I just read an article on it. I would never listen to him talk because he's such a hypocrite. It's ridiculous. At least if you're a hypocrite, then like don't be your hypocrite. Then I'll respect you. He's such a freaking dork. I can't stand it. Kobe Bryant. Sorry, Laker fans. I know you guys are like zombies, but yeah, the guy came out and he's like, LeBron, just figure out a way to find the final. Just figure out a way to win a win the finals against the. Warriors, basically, is what he said, Trent. Hmm. What I would say, what I would say to him, you remember those three years after, or whatever it was, two or three years after Shaq left, just figure out a way to make the playoffs, Kobe. Yeah. Just just figure out a way. Do you know how stupid he is now? I'll kill him in debate. <laughs> I don't. Just, fig- just figure out a way, Kobe, to make the playoffs. He didn't make the playoffs a number of years. Without Kobe and talent. Guess what? Talent makes a difference. What were you asking me? Philly? So if he goes to Philly, then you got a stud at point guard. I mean, that guy is a stud. He can't shoot, and it's still a stud. And then you got Embiid. You got LeBron. Does that work? Um, got overlapping talents in, in, in the uh, point guard slash uh, small forward point guard realm. Um, if he goes to the Lakers, he's going to have to have Paul George. And um, Kawi, Kawi, as my uh, son would say. So, um, <laughs> so I don't know. So you're saying it's only two. I would give it. Who said it? I think it was Mark Stein said fifty, forty, ten. And I kind of agree with that. Um, Lakers fifty, Cavs forty, Sixers ten. I mean, I would maybe change it a little bit, but not a ton. Not going to see a lot of recruiting pitches. Thought that was interesting today, and we will be keeping an eye on that. Well, Wolfgang, we are out of time. We'll talk again later in the week. Enjoy your time. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Are we going to talk about how Nebraska's coach is rated higher than Kirk Ferentz next time? Oh, you want to get into that, huh? A little Scott Frost, Kirk Ferentz debate? We've touched on it. it it's been All touched right. on, yeah. We'll, I'm going to touchy-touch on that, Nebraska. We're gonna, we can deep dive into that on Friday. You you put on your thinking cap, and uh, we'll talk to you then, all right? All right, thanks, man. See ya. There's Wolfgang checking in. Find him on Twitter, at WolfgangHawkeye, as we get the time out here. Coming back with more on the other side. Here with you until 6 o'clock tonight. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Welcome back, everybody. We continue all the way till 6 right here on the Big Talker 1700. Jimmy B and TC welcoming in ESPN's Mitch Sherman. He's been sequestered nicely in Omaha uh, for the College Baseball World Series. Mitch, listen, it's been a lot of fun to watch some of those games and some terrific baseballs being played over there between raindrops because you've had a few rainouts. Yeah, definitely some weather delays going back to the start of the series. Uh, yeah, day two last Sunday or a week ago Sunday, uh, the uh, the lengthy weather delay started and they lasted through the first portions of the week. Um, finally dried out and got some nice weather as the, uh, the the semifinal rounds got going and we're down to Arkansas and Oregon State tonight with uh, game one of the finals set for six o'clock so coming up here and the rain uh rain today in omaha but it looks uh, to be all right for uh for the game tonight well oregon state certainly has been a team that has been talked about a whole lot mitch last time we uh, talked with you you me and ken were uh, conversing a little bit obviously 
about their uh, outstanding starting pitching and just everything else that, that has happened there. Has that been a big storyline throughout this one for you guys in Omaha? Has that been part of the parlance, or has there been a lot more? And It's not just about an individual, but looking at the teams. Honestly, the story with Oregon State and Omaha has been anything but the starting pitching. Uh, until until Saturday in the uh, in the winner take all bracket final against Mississippi State, Oregon State starting pitching, uh, and their two starters who were twenty six and two throughout the regular season, Luke Heimlich and Bryce Femmel, had an ERA approaching ten in the College World Series. They finally got a good start out of freshman Kevin Abel that, that pushed them into the into the championship series uh, starting tonight. But um, uh, Heimlich and Femmel. Uh, have not been their their normal selves by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's been the hitting. It's been Oregon State's Oregon State's offense. The three first round draft picks in the lineup, and the future first rounder and switch hitting catcher Adley Rutschman, who may be the number one overall pick in the draft next year, uh, is hitting over 500 in the College World Series with 10 RBIs in five games. So uh, they have a better batting average uh, than any team that's played in this event since it has moved to the uh, the downtown park in Omaha hitting at, uh, at about 370 as a team in, in five games. So uh, the starting pitching is probably going to have to come around for, for the Beavers to win a national championship, though, and, and uh, I know that their plan is to get that on track tonight. Uh, Mitch, uh, this is a question that I'm hoping that you can answer, uh, and you referenced uh, Luke Heimlich. Uh, this is the kid who had uh, difficulties with a sexual abuse charge when he was, like, 15. Uh and now he was not drafted in the recent Major League Baseball draft where many thought he would. Is there talk about that, that he'll get a free agent invite, or are teams just shying away even though that was so long ago? Well, clearly teams are shying away, Jim. It's been two years now uh, that Luke Heimlich has gone undrafted in 40 rounds of the Major League Baseball draft, so you've got 30 teams with an opportunity to draft him uh, 40 times, times two in the, in the number of years. And they've pa- every team has passed every time. So, you know, I hear it both ways um, as far as the likelihood or the, other, or the unlikelihood that Luke Heimlich will end up with a, with a major league organization by the end of this calendar year. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the refrain that makes sense to me is that these teams had an opportunity to take him uh, many, many times, and they passed. It was not a financial issue. If you take a guy late in the draft, you're not looking at paying him a large signing bonus. So why would te- why would a team decide to take a risk on Heimlich? Um, and it's a risk from a um, you know from a from an optics standpoint. Clearly, there will be backlash within the media, within the team's fan base. Um, if they if they are to to sign a player with this kind of uh, of, a, of a, a controversial past, um, why would they do it as a, in a free agent situation after not doing it for two years in the draft? Um, you know the facts in some way are likely going to have to change for a major league organization to take a chance on him, and perhaps they will. Perhaps the facts in the eyes of a major league organization will change. As they continue to look into, uh, you know, his personal situation, um, as they continue to hear what he has to say, what his representatives have to say, what the people at Oregon State have to say, what his family has to say, 
Um, you know, clearly this is a developing situation where there are teams that are still interested in learning more about him. He has uh, denied the um, allegation to which he pled guilty um, consistently since that time back in 2012, but it doesn't change the fact that he did plead guilty to um, an offense that I think a lot of people just are never going to be able to overlook. Um, you talk about a molestation of a, uh, an underage relative, and it's just so hard to get past for, I, I think as it should be, for seemingly uh, everyone in the professional baseball public. But, uh, you know, I have a sense that this story's not done. I have a sense that at some point um, there's going to be further discussion about whether to give him a chance at pro baseball. Um, it will be very interesting to follow and see if, uh, if that does uh, if that opportunity does come for him after the College World Series is is, uh, is finished here in Omaha. So the people of Omaha, are they rooting for Arkansas? People jumping on the, the bandwagon with the Razorbacks, searching for their first-ever title? Or is it going to be more of a, a beaver crowd out there uh, tonight and over the next two or three games? I say it'll definitely be an Ar- a pro-Arkansas crowd. Um, clearly, from a geographical standpoint, it's easier for people to get to Omaha. You can hop in your car and get here in, in, a, in uh, you know seven or eight hours from Northwest Arkansas, where uh, the university is is situated. Um, Arkansas has a uh, has a, a larger, more more vocal fan base to begin with than Oregon State. Um, and then and then the coach of Arkansas, Dave Van Horn, is well known uh, in Nebraska. He was the coach for four years, five years. I'm sorry, from 1998 to 2002. Uh, of the Nebraska Cornhuskers and, and uh, revitalized that program for a period of time, had Nebraska in the College World Series in his final two seasons. So, um, you know, I think uh, by this point, uh, when you're when you're 15, 16 years down the road from that, uh, people have moved on. If there were any hard feelings about him leaving Nebraska to go to his alma mater in Fayetteville, they have uh, they have come to to uh, respect Dave Van Horn, uh, who's a Kansas City native, uh, and cheer for him. And uh, I think you'll find a lot of locals uh, in Omaha rooting for uh, for the Razorbacks because of that. Have you heard a lot of pig suey calls uh, <laughs> around Omaha? Yes. That's what I want to know, yes. Mitch. <laughs> yes, uh, the Razorbacks are three and zero. They have not trailed in any of their games against Texas, Texas Tech, or Florida. Um, so the uh, the pig suey chants have been out in force at TD Ameritrade Park in. Uh, Essentially, all of the uh, all of the time that, that Arkansas has been on the field, and I would expect no different tonight. One uh, final thing here on the baseball front: we'll jump into a little college football. Mitch Sherman from ESPN.com joining us is Jimmy B and TC. Uh, the Tigers and Royals going to be in Omaha next season, right before the College World Series. I'm sure reaction over there has been great for that. How do you think this is going to play? Uh, do you think that? Get to get a banged out crowd with a lot of Royals fans certainly in that market there for the regular season game. Yeah, I, I think no matter the teams that we're playing, it would be a, it would be a, a home run, so to speak, um, to to put the Royals into the mix. It makes it even more of a big event. Um, the AAA team, of course, uh, the Storm Chasers is, is here across town from TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha, so they have some involvement in. Uh, promoting this thing, but I don't think it's going to need a lot of promotion. I think uh, it's the week of the College World Series, two days before the uh, the college ev- event starts, so you'll have the college players, uh, their families coming into town, attending this game, um, and then and then so many people, I-, I think regionally, 
and locally will be drawn to this because it's the first time anything like this has happened. It's the first major league game uh, to be played in the history of, uh, of the state of Nebraska. Certainly, of course, the first one in, in Omaha. Um, it's got a, a you know a unique vibe to it, maybe similar to what we've seen we saw last year, and we'll see again this August in, in uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, at the uh, at, as as the uh, the major leaguers uh, get to play in the town of the Little League World Series during that event. So. Mm-hmm. Um, some similarities there for sure with ESPN being involved in both of those. Yeah, it's it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a hard ticket. Um, it's going to be a sellout, assuming that the weather cooperates. And, uh, you know, I think it's something that Major League Baseball will look at doing again uh, in the future. Uh, reminiscent of the old NBA with the Kansas City-Omaha <laughs> Kings. That would be, I mean, yeah, look, the that Kansas was City, a... Omaha that, Royals, they can, uh, they can become a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd, I I'd, I'd be in for yeah, I'd be in for that, Mitch. That. <laughs> yeah, I'd be yeah, in I for that. Yeah, I think that was uh, probably uh, probably a, a long shot uh, to say the least. Yeah, but uh, it will be nice to have some uh, some major league sports uh, in Omaha, and, and even better to have it in conjunction with an event like the CWS. All right, Mitch. Before uh, we let you run, uh, a little college football with you and. Yeah. Last week, a lot of conversation about Wisconsin injuries starting to pile up up front along that defensive line. Is the gap narrowing between them and everybody else in the Big Ten West, or is that divide still just too big? Well, I don't know if it's too big to overcome. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, I mean, injuries happen uh, during the season, and, when, and you expect that, but when injuries happen in the offseason, you know, that's especially difficult to uh, to take for any program. So, you know, look, to me, Wisconsin is, is a team that um, has shown in the past and will continue to show as long as it has that system in place under Paul Christ that they can absorb and handle injuries about as well as any team that, that you find out there. You know, we saw that a couple of years ago when Wisconsin had that, um, you know, that crazy schedule, which is kind of back on the table for the Badgers this year, um, that, that they, they it, it looked early in the year, like some of the problems that they had at linebacker. Um, and then last year they lost Jack Sitchie, another another huge injury. Um, and both times they were able to overcome those. And I think it's because the identity of that program, um, the, uh, the focus that they have in recruiting and knowing the kind of players that they want to recruit leads Wisconsin to have fewer misses uh, within, their, within their system of recruiting. So they have better depth. Um, at those uh, at those important positions, and certainly the defensive line is a place where you expect to see Wisconsin have good depth. So when they do have to dig down on the depth chart and find a guy who has less experience than what they're necess- than what they're they're likely looking for, um, you know, generally those guys step up and do well. You can only absorb so much. I mean, especially up front. If you get a bunch of injuries along the defensive front, uh, that front three three for Wisconsin on the defensive side or on the offensive line, yeah, it's going to take a toll. But, um, I, you know, I, I would be more concerned about many other teams within the Big Ten West and their ability to handle something like that than I am with Wisconsin. And I haven't seen anything yet that makes me believe that the Badgers are anything but the favorite to win that division. Always good, pal, when we have a chance to catch up with you. Uh, enjoy the games tonight, and uh, we'll uh, be watching the College Baseball World Series. Thank you, Mitch. All right, thanks. Thanks a lot. Good stuff, Mitch Sherman joining us. ESPN.com tonight, 6 o'clock, Jimmy B. Things will get started. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, Oregon State, you know about that Razorback program. and Oh, yeah. They've had plenty of success but has never culminated with a title at the College World Series. Do they get it done, Brinson? 
Um, look, I really like what Mitch said about uh, Oregon State and how their bats have really come alive here. I watched some of the games. They're just powering the baseball out of the yard. So the Beavers have won this before. I'm going to take Oregon State to keep the Razorbacks from winning a national title in baseball, in college baseball. I'll pick that right now. Give me Pig Suey. I'd bet on it, but I know you don't pay your bets, so uh, no re- reason to even do that. <laughs> I know how that turns out. we got to take a break. We're coming back on the other side, putting a cap on things here with you until 6 o'clock tonight. It's Jimmy B and TC. Back one final time, Jimmy B and TC with you, 1700 KBGG. This portion of the program presented by New Leaf Wellness. Well, though the weather's been a little bit tricky out there with the rain and everything else, Jimmy B, getting here to summer, want to get that beach bod in shape. New Leaf Wellness can help you that weight loss. If you've hit a lull in your workout, so many different things, New Leaf Wellness can help you out. Give them a call today at 650-1358. New Leaf Wellness presents our look at tonight. And, Jim, we are just talking with Mitch Sherman there from ESPN. He'll be Mm -hmm. in his hometown of Omaha watching game one of the College World Series. You got the Beavers. I got the Razorbacks to win the best two out of three there. Outside of that, Jimmy B., anything else catch your attention this evening? Well, you know me, I had to pick Oregon State because I always have had beaver fever. So that's perfect, uh, taking Oregon State. Uh, That was a bumper sticker that they used to have. I'm sure they did. For the the school, Uh yeah. (laughs) Yes, I will watch that game tonight. Uh, I'll sample the New York Yankees at the Philadelphia Phillies as well because that's a real good matchup between those teams. And, of course, uh, Trent, I'm going to uh, dial in a little with Cleveland and St. Louis. Another pretty good matchup. And then the late game tonight, the Cubs at the Dodgers. And the Cubs just sucking pond water. They cannot beat the Cincinnati Reds. Not a good place to be as you're on the short side of a four-game set against Cincinnati. But uh, like we talked about earlier, Jim, to me it just feels like a bump in the road. It's... These kind of things are going to happen over the course oh, yeah. of the season. You can overreact. I, the most concerning thing is just finding a way to get Chris Bryant right. That's what they have yeah. to do more than anything. And and I'm a proponent of, of maybe just setting him down. He's got the sore shoulder. Give him a little bit of time. Put him on with the 10-day DL and the flexibility that you have. He's already set out right. two games. And, and if you yep. look at it tonight... Just put him on the 10-day DL, a chance to not only get that shoulder maybe feeling a little bit better, but more importantly, get his head right. Get, get, get straight there. Some time away can do good for any baseball player. That's what I'd be looking at. We'll see tonight. I haven't seen the lineup quite yet for uh, the Dodgers and Cubs, but if he's not able to go again this evening, use that 10-day DL. Use it. Mm-hmm. Get him some rest. Come back because he's so important. They, they need him in the middle lineup doing Chris Bryant things if if they are going to do more. Because, Jim, still, it's going to be, we'll get into August and September, and we'll see if there's right. a race there, if Milwaukee and St. Louis are still hanging around. But it doesn't matter, because the Cubs now are not measured about just getting into the playoffs. It's about winning series. Look at last year. They played this Dodgers team in the NLCS, and many people consider last year to be a disappointment. The Chicago Cubs getting to the NLCS a disappointment. That's what has changed with that organization. 
It's amazing with breaking that long string of over 100 years and winning that one World Series title, how all of a sudden fans believe, well, we don't, we don't even need to play these games. Just put us automatically in the playoffs. We're ready to go. It, it doesn't work like that. And fans are going to have to understand. And you do this all the time, Trent, and, and you reeled me in on this because baseball is so different than the NHL, the NBA, just by the way that it plays out over the schedule of 162 games and how really lousy teams, and we just saw this in Cincinnati, just shred the Cubs that everybody thought, well, they should be in first place. Well, they just lost in Cincinnati every game. Every game they lost to the Reds. Why? Because it's baseball. It's totally different than playing, as I referenced, the NFL, the NBA, and even the National Hockey League as well. And uh, they were Cardinal fans over the weekend after taking the final two games of that set against Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. keeping them uh, at least uh, around right now as they go go into tonight. Two games back, again, way too early to worry about when you're talking about just a couple of games to worry about what the standings are saying. But, yeah, good night of baseball. I'll be excited for that one. Got the Dodgers taking on the Cubs this evening, late night tonight. And then, Jimmy B, it it starts again tomorrow morning. Now, I know those first games might be a little bit too early, but the World (laughs) Cup this afternoon, we touched on this at the top. Just an absolute wild afternoon. And some of the matchups tomorrow, I think, have a chance to be really good. You got Iceland, Croatia, right. and and Croatia. Yeah. You know, they they could maybe set it up and and give away the match to help themselves back up on the other side. It's just this has been awesome, awesome theater, Jimmy B. I know without the U.S., you're not as excited, but as we're getting closer and closer to the knockout round, these are the last of the group stage. Are you getting into it anymore yet? Come on, Prince. Well, I watched. I watched the. Uh, I I peep in every once in a while just to see if if I catch something, and I and I did, and and I'm glad that I looked in because I found this really entertaining, and I saw a little bit of the Spain uh, matchup with Morocco, mm-hmm. and Morocco had the lead off of a terrific header. Uh, late in the second half, and when they got into extra time, Spain found a way to tie the game. So it ended up at 2-2. So I did catch some of that, and I caught some of Iran and uh, Portugal as well. And that had, I, I, I can't get past the flopping. I, I really can't. Look, we all, we all believe that Marcus Smart is one of the greatest floppers we've ever seen. Sure. He's, he's nothing in comparison to what these doodads do on the soccer field. You breathe on them, and they go down like they've been like shot. So it's unbelievable what, what you watch. But in the, in, in, the, in the games, in the Spain game, the goal that... Spain scored, Hispania scored, was a beautiful heel kick into the corner of the net, and they tried to use that goofy offside rule, which I detest the offside rule. I just think it's terrible. And so they all ran forward, so they would put the guy in an offside position. The problem was they went back and reviewed it, Trent. They used instant replay 
because the linesman ruled the offside after the goal, so they weren't going to allow it. They went back to instant replay, and the instant replay showed just one guy for Morocco had not yet run backs to leave that Hispania player in an offside position. And so they ruled it a goal. I, I, look, I, I just the offside thing drives me nuts because it's a technique that every team uses. They, they get down low in the box, and then they all run forward when the ball goes up in the air. Ah, he's offside! He's offside! I, I, I don't like that. But I did, I did see the end of that game, and I watched some of the Portugal-Iran game as well. There you go, Jimmy B's crappy World Cup minute as he breaks <laughs> down the offside rule. We are out of time. We'll be back tomorrow starting at noon. Myself and Ken Miller over the lunch hour, and then Jimmy B and TC on your drive home from 4 until 6 o'clock. Enjoy your night in sports, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.